Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Anyone exhausted yet? Tired? Need a stretch? MashaAllah. Everyone's as interested as they were when they first entered, inshaAllah. But if anybody does need a stretch, please stretch for the next two and a half seconds before we start the next talk, inshaAllah. Allah reward everybody, inshaAllah. This is a nice prelude to Ramadan as we spend the night in Ibadah. This conversation is definitely a, a form of qada. Before we begin, just a quick announcement. Inshallah, we will be having Salatul Isha, and that will be after the program is done, which translates as to announce. Inshallah. And those of you, inshallah, who are going for your stretches, let's hope it's not indefinite stretches. We all should sit back and inshallah benefit from the other speakers who are going to come next, inshallah. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyid al-Anbiya'i wal-Mursaleen. Wabad. The topic that I'll be discussing is twofold. I'll be discussing two things. The first is taraweeh, and the second is i'tikaf. Taraweeh and i'tikaf. Both of these two actions, looks like the mic's a bit tired too. Both of these actions are very unique to the month of Ramadan. And when you think of the month of Ramadan, apart from fasting, two of the most symbolic traits of Ramadan is i'tikaf and taraweeh. The origin story of taraweeh is fascinating. The Prophet ﷺ would pray in the month of Ramadan, but it was individual. It wasn't something in the form of a congregation. However, during the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab he comes to the masjid one night and it's time for taraweeh. And he notices that everyone is congregated in these separate groups. Mutafarriqoon. Three people in one corner, four people in another corner, two people here, one person there. And this really upset him. Because it became a sign of division. It showed that the Muslims couldn't get together. So instead of leaving them to their own devices, he gathered everyone together and he said to them, this is it. No more individual one-man show, you know, everyone doing their own thing. I want everyone to be together and to feel Ramadan as a community. So what does he do? He gathers everyone together 
and he brings Ubayy ibn Ka'b anhu to lead them in the prayer. And when he notices that everyone was together, he was so happy. He says words that sound somewhat counterintuitive. He said, Ni'matil What an amazing bid'ah is this? Now, I'm not going to get into the technicality of that, but it brought joy and happiness to his heart that instead of considering this as an individual thing, it's now under one broad umbrella as a community. Taraweeh is an opportunity for us to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And anyone who's aware of the rich Islamic tradition, you will read multiple stories and anecdotes about people who spent their nights, you know, in salah, crying, whether it's about khanzir or not, whatever the case is, you know, they're crying in their salah. But they're focused in their salah. They're humble. They spend their entire night in worship. In fact, Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, he would recite the entire Qur'an in two raka'at of nafal. And you must be thinking, wow, that's amazing. And definitely it is. One of my own teachers, he's going to do it this Ramadan as well. They complete the entire Qur'an in one night. The entire Qur'an in one night. 29 juz in two raka'at. And the remainder in what in the remaining 18 rakat. So it's possible, it's not far-fetched. But what I want to highlight, I don't want you to just think about these stories and say, wow, that's tough. Forget about it. That's the front of the story. What's happening behind? There was a scholar, his name was Ibn al-Munkadir. And he would pray salah, very lengthy prayers at night, and people were very envious of his worship. So somebody comes to him and says, you know, it's so fascinating that you can stand so long in prayer. And he says to that person, look, let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. When I first started praying salah, extra voluntary prayer at night, I literally fought with my nafs. I fought with myself. Standing up, trying to focus, trying to dedicate time in my night to pray. It was tough. It wasn't tough for a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade. For 40 years, I was struggling to get to where I am right now. And after 40 years, now I taste the sweetness of salah. For those of you who are struggling, you know, taraweeh. By the second raka'ah, your back's already hurting. By the fourth raka'ah, that knees are hurting. Then you're sitting down and you're like, at least I'm getting half the reward. You aim for 20 and you're like, ah, eight is fine, why not? And then you're like, oh, you can do it in the masjid, you can do it at home. It's difficult. Listen, if it's difficult last, if it was difficult last year, let's constantly improve until we can reach a point of ladha, the sweetness of salah. You know, you'll hear that statement. Certain people find more sweetness in their salah than people find sweetness in the pleasurable things of life. Well, that's not something that they've accomplished overnight. They struggle to get there. And you know what's also fascinating? To tie this into something else, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, one of the famous scholars, he would say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed two forms of jihad in Ramadan. Two forms of jihad in Ramadan. 
One is the jihad of the nafs by avoiding food, drink, and intimacy. But the second is the jihad of standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at night. So qiyamul layl taraweeh is truly a form of jihad. Now before, I don't know who's listening into this and you know may misunderstand. Okay, you know what, mom, I'm going to do some jihad tonight. You're going to end up scaring her. But the point is jihadun nafs, fighting your nafs. Why? Because I'm going from just about praying ma'isha salah to 8 or 20 raka'at in congregation and listening to the entire Quran. That is not something easy. That is not something easy. So that's the first part. I know everyone's exhausted. I'm not going to take too much of your time. So the first part is Qiyamul Layl. And if there's anything you want to take home from what I've just mentioned, just remember this part. That Ka'abattu nafsi arba'ina sanatan. I struggled with myself for 40 years before I began enjoying Salah. Because we think of the scholars of the past as, as though somehow they just come into the world and you have this like one-year-old infant praying like 20 raka'at and he's enjoying the Salah. It doesn't happen like that. I don't know, maybe it does, but generally it doesn't. It takes time. You're 20, you're 30. You know, you need to develop that love. You need to develop that passion, but it needs to be a concerted effort. The other part of the specialty of Ramadan is i'tikaf. I'tikaf means many things for many people. But at the heart of it, Imam Al-Ghazali explains that i'tikaf, secluding yourself from the entire world and dedicating yourself to Ramadan, there are six reasons why this is special, but two are particularly important. The first is i'tikaf linguistically comes from akafa, which means to abandon something. So i'tikaf is to abandon the world. But more specifically, i'tikaf, Imam Ghazali says, although it's abandoning the world, he says, it's abandoning the temptations of your limbs and the temptations of your mind. That's fascinating because based on this definition, you can be in the masjid literally doing i'tikaf outwardly, but inwardly you are not doing i'tikaf. That's fascinating. Think about that. You are doing i'tikaf physically, but spiritually you are not doing i'tikaf, whereas the person who's not in the masjid but is busy taking care of her family or busy earning for his family is able to do the i'tikaf inside, that person is truly an i'tikaf. Not to downplay the importance of staying in the masjid, not to downplay the importance of the last 10 nights. But remember that definition. Remember that component of i'tikaf. That you abandon the sins of the limbs and the sins of the mind. Because that's equally important. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, subhanallah, it's mentioned regarding him that when the 10 nights, the last 10 nights would start, that literally means, in our context, forget about, we can't talk about haqiqa majaz right here, I can get in trouble, we can't talk about literal and figurative, but when you talk about, you know, when somebody says, you know, you roll up your sleeves, it comes regarding him that the last 10 nights, he would roll up his sleeves. What does that mean? Meaning that if he was working hard the whole month, 
the last 10 nights, everything else would pale in comparison to those 10 nights. Why? Because he would stay in the masjid. So i'tikaf is an opportunity to seclude yourself from the outside world and come into the masjid. You know, Imam al-Ghazali, when he talks about the different benefits of i'tikaf, he says something thought-provoking. And he says, there's a lot of reward for praying salah in congregation. And we know that. You pray in congregation, your rewards are multiplied. He said, what's also rewarding is to wait for salah, right? To wait for salah is rewarding. So let's say, for instance, all of you are waiting for Isha salah. Time to be announced, but it's after the program. But since you're waiting for the salah, it is as though you are in salah right now. That much we understand. A person waiting for salah, it is as though that person is actively in salah. So he says, when a person is in i'tikaf, they are constantly waiting for salah. Hence, every moment that person is in salah. Think about that. While I am in i'tikaf, I am rewarded as though I am constantly in salah. Now to wrap everything up, I'm not going to take much time. Shah He's one of the great reformers of the 18th century. He wrote a book in which he talks about the wisdoms behind our actions. What's the wisdom of Ramadan? What's the wisdom of fasting? What's the wisdom of zakat? He highlights all of this in his magnum opus, his most important works. He talks about i'tikaf and he says, what's the asrar? What are the secrets of i'tikaf? Why is i'tikaf so special? And why is i'tikaf in the masjid? And before I get to what he says, let me just make a quick point over here. For those of you who feel that, you know, I can't dedicate myself to the full 10 days, according to some scholars, i'tikaf does not need to be an entire day. If you're coming to pray Salatul Taraweeh at night, you make the intention that this is my i'tikaf, then for that time that you are in the masjid, you will be rewarded as though you are sitting in i'tikaf. For those of you who can't do the i'tikaf in the masjid, particularly, you know, our sisters and our mothers, you know, it's difficult to do i'tikaf in the masjid. There's i'tikaf at home. So there's many ways i'tikaf can be done. But what he says is i'tikaf is unique because it is tashabbuh bil malaika. It is an opportunity to put ourselves in the shoes of the angels, to put ourselves in the place of the angels. Because the angels, as we are sitting here right now, there are angels in the masjid doing ibadah. They're worshipping Allah. When we leave, there will be angels worshipping Allah. Hence, our doing i'tikaf gives us a moment to be like angels and do what they do on a constant basis. To conclude, there are so many things we can do in the month of Ramadan, from fasting, to reciting Quran, to giving our zakat. But two things in particular are special. They define Ramadan. One is taraweeh. When we think about Ramadan, we think, we think about taraweeh. And let's not get, you know, caught up with some of these legal debates. How much should I pray? Do I need to do the whole Quran? You're forgetting the essence and the spirit of Ramadan. 
And that is to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Messenger of Allah says, whoever stands iman and wahtisaban. In night, you stand with firm conviction in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you're hopeful of reward, then your sins are forgiven. So standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second is i'tikaf. And for those of you who feel that i'tikaf is just out of my reach, I have a job, I have a family, I can't do it. Well, first and foremost, the first thing we can do is, let me do partial i'tikaf. When I'm coming for salah, when I'm coming to do my uh, taraweeh, if I'm coming for a program, I make intention of i'tikaf. But for those of you who can't even do that much, let's remember what Imam Ghazali said. I'tikaf is many things for many people, but very important, i'tikaf is also an opportunity for me not to seclude myself from the world, but to seclude myself from the baser desires of the self. And that's fascinating. To seclude myself from myself. The awliya, the pious, they would say, it's a very beautiful term, jalwat min khalwat. That in the presence of people, you have solitude. In the presence of people, you have solitude. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to inspire us, in, in, enable us to benefit from the month of Ramadan. And more importantly, to get the best of Qiyamul Layl and to get the best of I'tikaf. Imam al-Busiri, the famous author of Qasida Burda, maybe you may not know the whole Qasida, but you may have heard the nasheed, Mawlaya salli wa sallim da'iman abadan. He has a couplet over there and he says, ظَلَمْتُ سُنَّةَ مَنْ أَحْيَى الظَّلَامَ ظَلَمْتُ سُنَّةَ مَنْ أَحْيَى الظَّلَامَ In Arabic, the word ظُلْم, what does it mean? To oppress, right? But it also means to abandon, to abandon something. ظَلَمْتُ سُنَّةَ مَنْ أَحْيَى الظَّلَامَ I have abandoned the ways of the person who would keep alive الظَّلَامَ The darkness of night. So look at the play on words. That the Prophet's practice, his habit was he would keep the night alive in worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we we hope to follow in his footsteps. Amin ya Rabbil